0: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting
1: bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Cameron. Hey, Clitorati. Remember Burning Man? You've been seeing a lot of things in the news about mud and national
2: disasters. We survived!
0: We just wanted you to know. But we wanted to tease it out a little bit and wait so much from our experiences as uh, been unfolding for us in our lives because Burning Man really is a spiritual pilgrimage and today we are here
1: with Mr. and Mrs. Marsh. That's Lindsay and her Patance <laughs> We're actually married. Hence Mr. and Mrs. Marsh and, and me, <laughs> their playa baby
0: that they yes! chose to bring with them on their intimate Basically, pre-honeymoon, before wedding, experience of Burning Man that ended up being a national disaster. And <laughs> we'll tell you about we're... the
2: Ebola breakout later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we are here today to share with you about our what we learned, what we've learned since, and how this has impacted our spiritual growth as beings on this planet and leaders of this pleasure movement. So, without further ado, I wanted to take an opportunity to introduce a very special person in the room today, which is Mr. Ryan.
1: We haven't oh, had Ryan yes. in
0: the studio for a while. It's so amazing to be here Look with you hand. today. Look at that hand. They married AF people. Mm. <laughs> Check it out on YouTube. You'll see our video of this. We're looking sexy as fuck in the studio today.
2: And for uh, anyone who's been a long time listener, it's a miracle I got married. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: a, it's not wrong. Also, she manifested that. You've been manifesting your dreams.
2: I manifested a marsh. It took, an, it took an autistic man to conquer me. <laughs> no. I mean, I, we're going we're to get into that. I actually mean that. <laughs> I call it autistic privilege at this point. Also rude. No.
0: <laughs> now you see why I wanted to go to Burning Man with the two of them. This pre-wedding glow has been so sweet. It's been so fun supporting you in this journey as you're about to have your wedding. and. Tennessee. And we've been in a renaissance, Lindsay. And, and what I want to share going into this is that I chose to pause polyamory going into Burning Man. Because me and Lindsay went there actually to perform on stage with a live band in front of thousands of people, which we're going to talk a little bit more about as part of our journey, the evolution of our Burning Man experience. And so for us, we were like making love in the studio, energetically making music, practicing with the band. And just, I was like, I'm in my eat, pray, love phase with you, Lindsay. I was like, <laughs> fuck everyone. I'm only turned on by you and our friendship. And this in a platonic way, like yeah, not like a no, sexual then, way at all. There was no
2: sex. There was no sex, you guys.
0: But I was just annoyed. I was just like, I'm. I everyone can fuck off. Lindsay Harper's my wife, energetic. I,
2: I feel the same way. It's funny. It's funny how friendships like go through that, right? Like literally... Okay, I guess we're talking about our friend 1st Okay.
3: (laughs) Which was a huge part of Burning Man. It
2: was. It was like Ryan likes a certain amount of alone time. So the fact that I had my best friend in camp and we could just haul ass across the fly on our e-bikes.
0: We literally came up with a nickname for our friendship. We were like, at, at Burning Man, you get a Playa name. Someone will give you a, a Playa name. Oh, we and all
2: got to share our Playa names. We Yeah.
0: So we're, we were riding our bikes and I was like, I feel like our best friend Playa name is hauling hats across
2: the Playa. <laughs> okay, so my first two years at Burning Man, I had so the first year at Burning Man, I had a beach cruiser that almost killed me. It broke twice, three, no, three, times. three times. I popped my tire twice. And then the front fender, I hit a, like a bump and it almost impaled me. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first year on a bike. Okay. Second year, I upgraded to a mountain bike, right? Good choice. But this year, my man bought me an e-bike conversion kit and converted that mountain bike into an e-bike where I'm pretty sure I was breaking the rules. I was definitely at some points going 20 miles an hour. I think people were telling me to slow down, but I was like, fuck you. This feels like freedom. Because <laughs> you're just, just in the middle of the desert and you just go. You could just go.
0: Yeah. And it's really important. Why is it important to have a bike at Burning Man, Ryan? Right? Why do we need bikes? Why the fuck uh, do we need look,
1: bikes, look, let the alone an e bike?
3: The event is about three miles across.
1: So can you see it all on foot? No. No.
2: You can't
3: even see, can't it, see it on an e No, I'd love to give people this context with when it comes to Burning Man. People have said to me over the years, oh, that's that party in the desert that people go to. Sure. Yeah. That's like saying New York is that great city with the bars. Yeah. That tells you the tiniest amount of something that is so much larger uh, that you can never possibly see all of New York in a weekend. Even go all to all the bars in a weekend. So when you talk about that great party in the desert, sure, that's what it is. And it's so much more. And you're never going to see every party. You're never going to get to see everything. You're never going to meet every person or have every single piece of art move you. And that's the beauty of it is it's an organic unfolding like any city in America.
1: So I'll put.
0: And I remember coming back from Burning Man this year and seeing everyone we follow and all the influencers we follow that also were at Burning Man coming back and sharing their reels of everything they saw. And the, the, the recurring thought was, I just
2: to see that. I, see I know. That. I had the same experience. I was like, I didn't do enough dance music this year. But then the year before I was like, I just want more live music. So what the burn wants you to get.
1: <laughs> For real though. Yep. And it's one I, of those things I,
2: where it's like, where do we
0: start? I love where we started. What a great entry into. <laughs> yeah.
2: I want to say two things. I want to start with acknowledging that. The, so Burning Man is extra special to us as a couple. 2019, we fell in love. 2022, we got engaged at Burning Man. And 2023 was our pre-honeymoon the first burn you fell in love at that burn right yeah we fell in love I literally everyone knows this we were just banging and I literally said to him I'm not I had never been to Burning Man and, and I said, I'm not looking for a fire boyfriend yes I'm this poly queen not true you do what you do I'll do what I do and then we spent one night apart and all we did was miss each other. Literally the two friends I went with in 2019 were like, we didn't fucking see you. We hate you. Like, <laughs> hey, I married him so it's worth it. Oh. And okay, so that's the first year, thing. And this year was extra special for Ryan because this was his and when we tell these stories, it's going to make sense. It's so perfect. This was his 20th anniversary of going to the burn. 20 years. Not consecutively, but
1: 16 total.
2: Sixteen total, but he went to the burn for the first time 20 years ago this year. And and then I want to tell a little story, and then I'm gonna let Madison share. What Are you gonna I, let me?
1: You're gonna let I me wanna,
2: share. I'm gonna let you share. You're gonna allow it this time. Okay. okay. No, just I have to share this memory. It's one of my favorite moments of Burning Man this year, and it was when Ryan was sleepy. And he went to bed and you and I were like, let's just haul ass across the Playa on our e-bikes. And we're... The way that Burning Man is designed for anyone who doesn't know, it's like a it's like a horseshoe is where all the people's or camps are. And then the open is called Deep Playa, right? It's where the artwork is. It's where like all the big art cars go. You can look it up on the website. So we're Deep Playa and I see this smoke, which is not weird at Burning Man. People are burning shit all the time. But it was a different kind of smoke. And I was like, Madison, we need to stop. And we pull up and it's called Daddy's Barbecue. I think It was called Daddy's Barbecue. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) And we pull up and these amazing, this amazing camp who was our neighbors had set up deep playa, like in the middle of the desert, they had two little art cars and they had completely set up this grill and they were making filet mignon (laughs) and french fries. Gourmet. Gourmet. And they're like, do you want some? And I was like, fuck yes. And that that those are the magical moments that are created. It sounds lo- in the default world, whatever, you can get filet mignon whenever you want. But imagine you're in the middle of the desert, hauling ass on the fly with your best friend who you're having a friend of with. And someone offers you filet mignon. It feels like a message from god
1: <laughs> it
0: does it, <laughs> does. What it feels like <laughs> and she's like adding we were riding around for like an hour on our bikes before we stumbled upon this just trying to find the party just trying oh, to find a vibe that's right <laughs> there was it with nowhere everything was terrible we were running away from the parties we were yeah like, i was
2: like this mu- the music was terrible i was like we just need to find the party Matt. <laughs> yeah
0: and to us at 3 a.m in fur coats pretty cold and trying to find the party <laughs> This flame and yawn girl was the party that, that we were the party. <laughs> 3 And We're like feeding ourselves slow-cooked flame and yawn. It was my, one of my favorite memories as well.
2: It was pretty epic. Mm. But for this episode, we, we're not going to rehash every little moment. We might tell you a few highlights, but if you want all the epic moments, you got to go over
0: to our Patreon where we're sharing like more detailed, explicit <laughs> so, details.
2: And- There's a lot of explicit stories I will not be sharing on the podcast. I will only be sharing on the Patreon.
0: <laughs> Same. And that's coming from sugar, which might yeah. be hard to believe, but I've had some breakthroughs. So
2: yeah, we, we decided if you want the X-rated details of our lives, you have to pay for it. <laughs> I have some really good
0: X-rated stories from Bernie Man too. Like I, oh, I've like only shared with like you two and maybe my husband.
2: I haven't shared with anyone, but you know what? I, okay, so Ryan and I were having a conversation before this episode. I said, what's off limits? And now I realize it's not. It's just only for the Patreon. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, it's not off limits. It's only for the Patreon.
2: Yes. Okay. <laughs> we were When we were talking about this episode, we're not going to rehash every little detail, but I would say for both of us, this was a very transformative burn. And so we, Madison and I have been in conversation about what is it that we want to share? And it was really important to me to have Ryan here. But mm. I would love for you to start off, Madison. Yeah. You shared like you put Polly on pause. Yeah. And that, was like a, that was a biggest real-
1: Biggest theme. Biggest yeah. theme
2: of my whole burn. Yeah. And it was all, part of this is
0: as I have, launched into creating music, expanding my career to not just being an entrepreneur and a podcast host and a pleasure coach. What else does my pussy want? She wants to be a singer, Me and Lindsay both, this is like our dream. We are going to tour the world as famous pregnant singers. Just watch
2: us. And I'm going to do it again. I've already done it.
0: Yeah, yeah, shit. Very true. But, and it's, what's very interesting is the juxtaposition of our our experience with music. Lindsay, this is like in our entire career and the crème de la crème of singers right here. And then for me, this is this was the first time. Oh, and she toured the world with Selena Gomez on tour, so she's been on stages in front of thousands of people. For me, performing with the band that we were performing at Burning Man was my first time ever performing on a stage with a band in my entire life, and to get to do that with my best friend—talk about a Renaissance! I don't know what Renaissance. And then they performed on stage at Burning Man and got standing <laughs> ovations
2: on one of the main stages at Burning Man.
0: We had people of all ages, races, shapes, and sizes come up to us, like, congratulating us and thanking us for the show we put on. It was, That's it was the rad. whole
2: shout out to Camp Crossroads. Yes. France. And, and his whole ethos is he is so committed to making the most diverse camp at Burning Man and allowing the music to heal is what I got. From who he is, I'm gonna cry. I like love him. I love him. He
1: texted (laughs) us yesterday.
0: Oh fuck, I didn't text him back. (laughs) I know I texted for like for us, but I know this camp was so incredible. This that we came into, and I just felt in preparation going to Burning Man, there were some things going on in my personal life, and then this desire to step into my music so powerfully that it just felt like a my poly shenanigans actually felt like a distraction. Mm -hmm. from the focus of creating momentum around my music and what you need to know is that leading up this entire summer leading up to Burning Man certain relationships that were loverships or whatever were no longer and so I've actually been in this phase of not dating anyone still identifying as Polly but not actually actively dating anyone like all summer not sleeping with anyone not hooking up with anyone not dating and I saw that and I was like, I feel like that's what I'm meant to do right now, which is wild for me because I have had lovers on rotations for years. And it's so interesting that it worked out that each lover was like falling off. Like I wasn't maintaining these relationships. I didn't have the desire to, or there was like a misalignment. I find that being a married woman is challenging for the people that I'm with because of their construct or association with what the person they're in love with is supposed to feel like and so to a lot of these people I'm like a taken woman mm-hmm. and so I've actually gotten my heart broken over this last year falling madly in love with someone who just didn't see me as their person because I was already somebody else's person and that right. was really devastating and almost really disempowering to like what am I gonna do and I, and since then I haven't been I haven't fallen in love with anybody else and, and so I just felt like the timing for the pause to create momentum around my music and focus on my friendships and myself is what was needed. And that was dope. Being a Bernie man and not trying to get laid, a whole version of me came out that was like funky and sassy and really balanced in my masculine and feminine Saying things I wouldn't normally say, or because I just didn't give a fuck. I don't care if you don't want to fuck me. Yeah, like you're not (laughs) trying to get anywhere. So I'm gonna make the weird joke in the room, or whatever. And I just want to put a pin in that because there's more to share around that, but we'll we'll dovetail back into it. But that reclamation of discovery of myself, with because I identify so much as a poly queen. I like identify as poly You gave me that nickname, the Beyonce of polyamory. And it
1: almost felt like I was betraying myself by not actively dating. I'm like, oh my God, I'm. So essentially letting go of my self-identification
0: as a polyamorous woman and still recognizing that I am poly, even if I'm on a pause, really took something. It was like an ego death in a way Mm -hmm. and recognizing, okay, I'm still poly and I'm pausing because I need to slow down so I can actually receive what's happening and assess the information going on. The fact that I had been paused before, like there was a natural pause that wasn't verbalized. It was just like natural. These lovers were falling off or it wasn't working out.
2: But you actually verbal. you actually yeah. like, I, at Burning Man, I feel like you made the choice. You're like, I'm actually leaning into this pause. Yeah.
0: I Look at my shenan. Look at what's been. Like, I, I can lean into this pause now because it wasn't abrupt. It wasn't. I just was able to put a word to it now because it had been months of what is going on. I'm not actively acting on this. And yeah, I remember like when I d- basically declared that to you both. And then I was like, I just felt like it was a an invisible force field was like put around me I like cast this spell of awesomeness that I was really able to just deep dive into the music and I just remember the first several days leading up to our first show so we got there on Thursday for pre-build and our first show wasn't yes, going to be our burn was
2: x ex- we were there for two weeks because we were there there's yep. a certain number of people that come to help build the city <laughs> we, were the, we were there so for we were there for I felt like we were there for a month <laughs> I know and
0: so we, our first show wasn't going to be till six days later that Wednesday. Bernie Man started on sun, start Sunday, so we were there from Thursday to Sunday building. Bernie Man starts Sunday, and basically from Sunday until our first show, I feel like we were like rehearsing with like bandmates and just getting so like being in our Renaissance and just really focusing on our our manifesting our desire to create so much momentum with our music this year, and. That's really what it felt like when I forgot we had friends there for a second, even <laughs> it was so about the music. And that was so what I was calling in. And I just want to say, since I've been back, I've been in a songwriting class. I've written a couple of songs. I've been there's just been I've performed in my first gig in L.A. this weekend singing my original song, which, by the way, we didn't actually get. We had three shows Wednesday night, Thursday night and Friday night. The rainstorm you all saw on the news happened Friday. Our show was our show was rained out. And I actually had only done two solos on Wednesday and Thursday night. Friday night was my really big night. And it was the night I was going to be singing my original song called My Pussy is a Flower. Mm. And so I was I remember when we were told our, our I was in shell shock. I was like, this is why I came to Burning Man and now I'm not going to have my solo moment. I don't understand. This isn't computing. Okay. We need to survive right now. So I didn't feel any feelings about it till I got home. But what I created that when I got home, what I created was I felt like I had unfinished business. And I just remember being like, and I'm still paused in my polyamory. And so I've had all this focus on my music, even since I've gotten back. Because, like we said, when we started, Burning Man is a spiritual pilgrimage. You go in with a spiritual mission, you come out with energy charging that spiritual mission. So, since I've been home, I have been fulfilling on that unfinished business. And I just this weekend got to perform the song, my original song that I didn't get to sing at Burning Man. Yeah. By the way, it was the same night as my sister's 25th birthday party, and as I was leaving for my gig, I was just going to leave and then come back two hours later. As I'm about to leave, Lindsay calls me. She's, like, "Hey, we're 10 minutes away from your sister's party." I'm like, "Great, I'm leaving." She's, like, "Okay, bye." <laughs> and I'm like, "I'll be back." I'm like, "I have my gig, I'll be back." She's, like, "Okay, bye." And Lindsay just stepped the fuck in. She literally, my mom was wearing a bodysuit and I was gone. And my mom made me be like, she told me like, you're going to come to the bathroom with me all night and take off my bodysuit to pee. I wasn't there because I was at my gig and my mom had to pee when Lindsay arrived. So basically, Lindsay was welcome to the party with my mom's
2: sequin (laughs) bodysuit.
0: She's undressing her, tits out. And she was basically like full on my replacement because she is-
2: I'm sorry, your mom was my full on spirit animal that night. First of all, (laughs) Susan Holland, one of my favorite people in the world. (laughs) I walk in and she goes, you slayed the theme, bitch. It was the Studio 54 theme. And your mom looked amazing. But that was like her first thing that she said to me. And I was like, I love this woman. My kind of woman. (laughs) So that's true. Yes, that was amazing to be able to be It's so special when you can be intimate with your besties, like parents, my mom really well. It's very Mm. special.
0: (laughs) Very special. When I came back to the party after the gig, you told me this story. And I was like, so you're telling me that you were basically my replacement. (laughs) You're like, yeah, bitch. But that was a really big moment to like, to carry through right the spiritual mission. Yeah. And then to go fulfill it, even after Burning Man, like Burning Man is a place, but it's also like an ethos, I feel. And you can take these values and you can take your intention and you can use this space for these this week while you're there to supercharge your desires and your reality. And I would really want to echo. And Mm
2: -hmm. also your ruptures, right? Mm -hmm. So go going into Burning Man music was a rupture for me, I would say.
1: Mm -hmm. There
2: was I've yes, I've my resume, blah, 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 whatever. But there's been a rupture for me around my singing, especially as a lead singer and an artist. And going into Burning Man, I really set the intention of making new friends because the thing that I got really present to is when I was an artist and touring college campuses out in my Volkswagen Jetta with a guitar player. And yes, it was good money, but I was doing it alone. and. Something that I really realized about my music is I don't want to do it alone anymore. So the gift of being a part of an ensemble where I got to sing some lead and also support other musicians at Crossroads was the perfect healing moment for me that I needed Mm. around my music. And the two of you, Madison, watching you come into music with such a beginner's mind, like a child's mind, like just playing has been inspirational and also heartbreaking for me because there was a time in my life when I approached music that way on somewhere along the way I got jaded. And I think that is a very relatable story for people, right? You have a dream, you give it your all. It doesn't go the way you think it's going to go and you get jaded. And But the thing that I kept coming to is music is the thing that Performing music in front of people is the thing that brings me the most joy in this world, not because it's about me, but because I get to share that space with other people. And so mm. I was determined to have Burning Man be the healing space so that I could work my way back to that child's mind of a dream that I let go of a decade ago. Mm. And I'm not ready to let go of that dream, but it's been a process. And I think it takes courage, especially as if we look at timelines. I'm, quote unquote, too old to be a pop star. I'm, quote unquote, entering into marriage. I'm going to be a mom soon. You can't have it all. And I'm just like, really, if this podcast has shown us anything, it's that disrupting timelines and what the patriarch has told us we're capable of in their timeline is something that I'm really committed to busting through. Mm. And I have good days and I have bad days. But I just, if anyone's listening and there's a dream and I know you, you're sitting in your car or wherever you are and you're like, she's not talking to me. I'm talking to you. If there's a dream that you've let go of, let this be a message from the universe that you deserve to have everything you want in this lifetime.
1: I feel like it's just, it's so resonant about like getting jaded around desires. So as time goes on and we continue
0: to not get the thing that we want. We get to be right that we don't have the thing that we want. Mm -hmm. And that's a slippery slope because it's like creating a belief system. That's just creeping you farther from it. And I think that what you're pointing to Lindsay is like the greatest way to disrupt that energetically. (laughs) So you could actually reset and call that in is to lean into the fear, bring courage to it, take the action that is scary. That is going to address it on a on the core level, like at the at its root. Yeah, not as not at the surface. Not oh, I'll well, let me go write a song today or try to no. Let me fucking slant myself in the thing that's deeply triggering and upsetting to me. Which is for you, it was the ideal that you wouldn't perform on stage in front of that many people, making a difference for them with your music. Yeah. You put yourself on a fat stage with a seventeen piece band with thousands of people to throw a sexy
2: outfit on and sing
0: at Burning Man, bitch. (laughs) Oh, that's we got to talk about that actually because there's such a huge part about your partnership together and the unique light and pun intended. You'll know why in a minute. Your unique light that your relationship brings to the world, and I want to speak to it. I would love Ryan for you to speak to it around dream of
2: the, the dress coming to life. Yes, that He's that progression. And I'll just stick
0: up with creating that Ryan is a professional artist in lighting design. This is what he does for a living. And I want to also set the context for it that he was asked to be basically a leader in the camp for creating the stage lighting and problem solving. And there were so many problems with the lighting. There wasn't you an actual up, professional.
2: He stayed up till three in the morning, multiple nights before we did our shows to make sure that the lighting was working. Yeah. That's how committed he is.
0: And there's a beautiful beginning to this from your beginnings of your relationship and then your manifestation at Burning Man. And I would love for you to
1: share that, Ryan. Thank you.
3: I would say very simply that my art, my joy, my my job, all of it is in, around the same thing, which is I don't. Want to be the center of attention. I want to create an environment like for camera and film work that I do and for photography that I work on. I want to create an environment that shapes and tells stories and paints a picture of mood and color and vibe and interest for the subject to shine in. I don't want to be the subject. I just want to make the painting that the subject sits inside of with lighting. That brings me the most amount of joy. And so having this beautiful superstar for my wife. For me, the inspiration is creating an environment in whatever way I can in the most amount of inspiration to let her shine. So I've been desperately hoping and desiring to see the inspiration flood back into her. And it's so nice to see that it has. But we unfolded a, a vision years ago as part of me wanting to light her up. That was a sound reactive dress. So it's an, it's a, it looks like a normal dress, except that it has some unusual shaping to it. And then on stage at a certain point, she'll pop the switch and all of the audio gets picked up and gets turned into light color and shape and vibrancy as a part of the architecture of the dress, shining through it, glowing it. And we got to unfold that this year at Burning Man after three years of having the idea of doing that.
2: It, it seemed like such a far-fetched thing. We're like, <clears throat> wouldn't it be amazing if we could utilize this dress on one of the main stages of printing? And and this is the funny thing about dreams and or miracles, as I like to call them. If you stand at the beginning, it seems, how could this ever happen? But it happened so easily. And I think that as human beings, Once the miracle has occurred or the dream has been fulfilled, we like to say, we like to discount it, right? But for us, this was a miracle. And a lot of it had to do with you, Madison. I went to Crossroads last year. It was the most amazing night I had at Burning Man. I said, I would love to camp with them. But immediately the thought that popped in my head was, I'm not good enough. And so I wasn't, and one of my friends was like, they wake you up early in the morning. And I was like, That was all I needed to like discount this experience. But you coming in with the beginner's mind saying, I think it's going to be different. And I think they're going to love you. And I even had the experience of some of the people that camp saying like, I'm the secret weapon because I'm such a good singer this year. And that was just, it's so interesting how easily we discount ourselves. And how strong, like even after all the work I've done, like this, I'm not worthy conversation is still there. It's boring at this
1: point. <laughs> You're muted. Oh hey, I'm just like trying to talk about my deep spiritual growth that I was having. But
0: you were in that this moment of introspection, like I similarly during that build phase from Thursday to Sunday, there are a lot of cute people, topless, sweaty work and see, see their muscles and I was that ego was like ooh I don't want to fuck that one I don't want to fuck that one and I had just made this declaration of I'm going to pause polyamory I'm like why is the first thought how I'm going to bone people after I just declared I'm pausing polyamory so I saw but I slow I was committed to the pause so I just didn't act on it and I saw how I I was you pointed it out Lindsay when you said hey be careful with that one I think he likes you
2: yeah and
0: I was like what are you talking about and you're like you're doing your thing I was like, "What?" and I literally, because I was committed to the pause and I wasn't engaging with him, I was able to self-reflect in our tent or er, 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 not tent, our fucking Narnia pad. <laughs>
3: our friends called it a burning man condo. It was, a it, burning, was a,
2: it was, Eagles it was our own a, condo
0: in the desert. <laughs> we did. It was great. And I totally saw how I reverse engineered the lure and mm. what I do and what has been unproductive Around my po- reason I was pausing polyamory is because I saw that the a lot of my connections were coming from needing to be validated, especially by men
1: mm-hmm. and I just
0: in on the cusp of being thirty, like I'm six five months away from being thirty, I was that just doesn't feel aligned anymore. I don't think that sugar needs anyone's validation and and it honestly was embarrassing for me to identify it and to be like, oh I've been." actually wanting, needing validation. Now, not all of my interactions. Of course, there's a lot of pure interactions where I was coming with a full cup, but does I could, if I'm telling on myself, I could see where there were inauthenticities throughout some of my interactions and it came back to this need for validation. And I was just like, why? And what I, it just, it helped me to see how I was, how I, lure someone to like me to get them to validate me and then I have sex with them to confirm the validation. So I was in this whole space of if I don't need to be validated and I don't need to get that through sex, what's what's here? And I started to then realize that I had fun was
1: associated with sex. And then I broke it down and I was like, wait, what is fun to me? And I was like, sex, drugs, love, rock and roll. That's what's fun. Okay. And I was like, fuck, can I expand my relationship to what fun
0: is if it doesn't include sex, drugs, and rock and roll? What is fun? And it really started to show, but it was a total, first of all, it was a total mind fuck for me to identify that I have been needing to self validate and I have had tactics to self validate that was confronting. I was like, oh, demon out of the closet, ego death
2: happening. And I just want to acknowledge you, it takes a lot of courage to look at something like that and you were like a conversational wizard like we had some friends reflect things to you and I just watched you in your full glory as someone who's committed to communication just receiving some really difficult communication and like having the courage to be with it and not only be with it but reflect on it and choose in the moment how your burn was going to go
0: Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. And My access to this was in accepting. We have a tendency to want to defend anything that could threaten our worldview. Mm. And then we have these defense mechanisms that go off, right? And when we defend, that's a symptom or a tell that you're not in the conversation, or you're definitely not in acceptance. And and it's painful. That phase that you're pointing out that I leaned into and brought some courage to do it was somewhat painful. And it did have me down a little bit more And gov there was a little bit of shame cloaked in it. But I got in communication with you about my shame. And I think that's a really great thing is when you're moving through something difficult and burning man really is a spiritual pilgrimage. We talk, you're moving through, you're working through your shit. It honestly feels like it's the new year in our world in a way. Like you come back and say, <laughs> yeah, it's a new year. Sure which actually makes sense seasonally. And actually in Jewish culture, Rosh Hashanah is the new year and it's in the fall. It's September. It was the weekend, two weekends after Burning Man or something. And the season in nature, the cycle of seasons falling is death and then rebirth. So it actually makes sense that this is in nature, the new year. But I know that we all celebrate the new year pretty much on the January 1st. I like that. I know, me too. And so this really felt like um, a new year's resolution in a way of here I identified the thing that uh, was my sore spot right now right identifying it's the first thing probably shame is going to come up when we see something we don't like but then getting in communication with someone you trust and being like hey I'm experiencing a little bit of shame like a shame hangover Mm. from what I'm reflecting on right now and what I'm moving through do you have space to help me like clear this because I'm really committed to actually being in more joy because I you (laughs) saw that for me you're like I don't You can be a little bit down on yourself right now, but let's move out of that. And you were, I think, getting in communication around it. I think what we do as people is the second we have shame, we just don't talk about it. And it eats us alive. And then we create all these belief systems about ourselves that are just not supportive to us manifesting our desires.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I think that it takes courage to grow. And a part of growth is looking at what might not be fully working in your life. And I think that can be a hard conversation. Yeah. And Ryan and I actually had a very difficult moment at Burning Man this year that turned into a major breakthrough. And I had to
1: take a look at some of my qualities that were, I don't even know how to share this. Ryan got very upset with me one day. And <laughs> Burning Man has a way of anything
2: that's deep down in your psyche is going to come up, right? It's a transformational experience, at least for me. And I'm going to start for the two of you. Yes. And Ryan started to reflect some things to me that initially felt like an attack, but then I had to actually look at my responsibility in the situation. And it was, He wanted a motorcycle. He wanted a full sleeve tattoo, which I didn't understand didn't mean down to his wrist at the time, but that's what I was imagining. I always said a partial sleeve. I didn't realize that, but he had all these things coming up for him. And basically what he was, and look, I have my reasons for not wanting him to have those things. I don't want him to die on a motorcycle and I'm validated in that. But, he got so upset and there was a, it was a laundry list of things. And what I got was that I, me trying to control this person on the surface, what I experienced was anger, but then I actually saw that I had really hurt him by telling him what he could and couldn't do. And for me, I had a very clear choice. I could continue to be controlling and force what I wanted or
1: I almost experienced
2: his hurt. And in a moment, I didn't care about any of it. And I said to him, look, if these are the things that you want, we'll make it work because I cannot handle seeing you this hurt and that I had something to do with that. So I surrendered. Surrender was the word for me at Burning Man this year. I surrendered and I said, look, if this stuff is important to him, it seems like mice nuts compared to authentic intimacy and joy. And so I said, look, if this is really what you want, I accept you for everything you are and everything you're not fully. And I meant it. You can't fake, like, you cannot fake that concept and he knew that I meant it in that moment and then I guess I don't know if you want to pick up
3: yeah so what that led me down a merry path and once I got that acceptance I experienced not being alone for the first time in my life I grew up alone and in my relationships I experienced this battle for control all the time but once Lindsay gave up that battle for control none of that stuff made it not didn't, didn't even matter anymore. What happened was, I realized there were choices from an alone youth and holding on to things that I wanted when I was 20 something. And then it gave me the opportunity to let all that go and say, what do I actually want? What and in, in relation to sugar share? What's fun for me now? Do I need to tie my fun to these choices of a 20-something version of me? No. So I was like, all right, let me redefine my whole existence because I got to feel that this beautiful being just loved me no matter who I was exactly as I was. And it gave me permission to stop holding on so tight to some things that I thought I wanted. And instead, I got to choose newly from nothing. And it's been
1: amazing.
2: Yeah. he. I've never seen him cry before. <laughs> he wept because he had the human experience of truly not feeling alone. And the only access to that is authentic, unconditional love, which is what he allowed me and Burning Man allowed me to actually have access to this year.
1: Mm. Oh my gosh. So resonate with that. For me, it wasn't in the partnership context, but with self. yeah. But mm. I really feel like all of us had ego deaths at Burning Man this year. And we were Hell all yeah. at each other's
0: <laughs> we were all at each other's funerals there as well. <laughs> and when I want to just speak to like when the rain started happening and then hasn't rained there in how many years, Ryan? It
3: rains. It, it rains and it has rained before and after Burning Man. It hasn't rained during a burn week in my memory since 2010.
1: Okay. And what that
0: creates when it rains is, and and the level at which it rained, I think we got two months of rain in three days, right? While we were there, it was like the equivalent. And it was so much mud that no one could, we couldn't bike, no one could drive out. We were like, there was no
2: hauling ass on the playa anymore.
0: That ended, (laughs) but we really got to go inward. And that was where I just like the real theme of learning to self-soothe on a deeper level. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't there with my partner. And when that, when the natural disaster was happening, the first thought I had was like, Where's Austin? Because <laughs> at the end of the night, it would really nice to just like cuddle with my partner. But it was so perfect and just really not needing anyone to right, and not needing to be validated by anyone. Also, not needing to be saved by anyone to know that I can self soothe and I can fill my own fucking cup and do it so damn good. And it was really cool to be with my two best friends who were in a partnership. And so, like when I needed some comfort, I could always go ask for it. But I also was, I'm like all right, I'm like the single person at camp doing this. It's a mudstorm. But I always felt like I could go to you both for the comfort that was needed when needed. But I just want to talk a little bit about that mudstorm really amplified. This is where a lot of, I feel like, the deep self-reflection was happening. It was like everything stopped and me and Ryan, it was like sunrise on the day after burn and we were like... Lizzie was off with like our Barbie friend and they were like having girl talk talking about they're like born in the same year. They were like talking about all these movie references and like they, you couldn't stop these two. They were just like two little like peas in a pod. And I was like, <laughs> I- I'm not in this conversation. So I went out with Ryan to go look at the sunset. And I was like, Ryan, do you feel like the entire pandemic just happened flash before our eyes in the matter of this week we spent? <laughs> I know. It was like a four-year experience. It was like, we went through all of it where it was like the initial, everyone was freaking out and everyone was like, yeah, and, then, and then everyone was like, okay, here's how you handle this. And then people were putting on, not masks, but bags on their shoes. There was the safety precautions. And then it was the people who freaked out and they were like actually screwed. And then it- and then <laughs> There were people that screwed themselves. And then it was like, it all started to fizzle out. We got accustomed to how to live in this world with a pandemic happening, right? We got I to learn that. how to- the Modemic. Modemic. <laughs> yeah. So I feel that to me, when we had that conversation out, out there on at, at Sunset, it was such a, a reinforcing of every lesson that I had gotten in that moment and just really full-fledged fucking acceptance
3: yep.
0: of the situation.
3: Five stage five stages of grief inside of a shared social space. <laughs> Honestly, you're talking about I anger, mean, denial, bargaining, finally leading to acceptance.
2: But it was, it was, the exodus was rough. I'll admit it. Hacking down camp. It was. Bad. I
0: saw people that were, I, I was using a bad system. And then I saw people take trash bags and wrap bungee corns. So my, my bargaining went in, looked like something like this. I went over to some people by our campus. Yo, you guys got any spare bungee cords? I'll, I, I can give you a green shake. I was like, <laughs> like you could just take our bungee cords, bitch. I was like, okay. So
2: <laughs> I'll give you a green shake.
0: All well, I had to offer at that point. i couldn't offer them a dry place but i really loved how the mud happened i love it now it was definitely something to be with but what's so cool is when that happened we couldn't go to all these cool places at burning man you had to be at your camp and what happened was just like the camaraderie the
1: community the let's make the most of this and we were i I have to i'm a bougie hippie okay i'm a bougie i don't go to bars i don't even like watching people drink beer okay triggering
0: for me <laughs> that's, how, that's how bougie oh, of a happy i am i i like my aesthetic to be like elixirs teas palo santo, smoke like that's my vibe so pretty man there's a lot You're of that like there's
2: also millennial bullshit you i'm mean. into
0: that millennial spiritual bullshit and, yeah but, uh, we have an inside joke i, I
2: actually have, like palo
0: santo is very good it's clearing i have it right here but i did make a joke about how at, at lib our last festival together that if you just if you ever want to find the millennials at a music festival just smell the palo santo just follow Look the smell Look for Sam. that
2: bullshit. That's smell, smell of the Santa. bullshit. You'll find those millennials.
0: <laughs> smell the bullshit uh, and totally lost my train of thought that's great. Fun stuff.
2: I'm a millennial. <laughs> Look, I'll admit it. I'm My name is Lindsay. I'm a millennial. (laughs) I'm on the...
0: Basically, when you're at Burning Man, you get a little bit of everything, right? It's everything. There's not just bougie hippie stuff. I tend to gravitate towards the bougie hippie stuff. But during the mudstorms, I couldn't go anywhere. And our camp was located in Sound Camp City. So it was literally like hardcore bars and techno parties all around us. Luckily, a couple blocks away, there was a piano bar, which was I don't. I
2: think we fucked that piano bar up, though. Like it was so trashy. I couldn't deal with it. No, Camp Crossroads is we're all professional musicians, and there was we're okay. So we're on Esplanade, which is where the big sound camps are. We have a huge stage, but our show got rained out Friday, so we overtake this little tiny piano bar, like walking distance from us. And at one point, we're all like bringing our instruments and singing. And this guy's just trying to play piano and sing at a little bar for people. We totally took it over. And at one point, he looks at me and goes, I sang Kiss by Prince. He goes, oh, fuck, are you with Crossroads too? And I'm like, yeah. I think he hated us. You stole his thunder. I stole his thunder.
0: But that was fun. It was fun. I, I actually did. I was drinking. I have a photo that I, is very important to be shared. from that night at the piano bar, because everyone was like, how were you? Were you okay? I don't know. Like, how was Burning Man? Like, how did you deal with the mud? And- It's very simple. Are
2: you showing us a picture right
0: now? I am going to show you. Is that okay? Can I show a picture?
2: Sure. No one on the podcast is going to see it.
0: (laughs) Um, You got to go to YouTube. This episode will be on YouTube. You want to see the
2: picture? You have to go to YouTube to see it. And
0: basically we're at this piano bar. And I remember earlier in the week, I dressed up as my alter ego, Pablo. I cross-dressed. And by the way, I entered a twerking competition as Pablo and I got third place. Very exciting. And the reason I'm not finding it is because I was on our company Instagram instead of my personal Instagram. Isn't that fun? Got it. So I wanted a cigar for Pablo earlier in the week. I was like, oh my God, Pablo needs a cigar. And the cool thing about Burning Man is there's a saying, apply it provides.
2: <laughs> it does.
0: With a certain <laughs> amount of detachment from your desire, you will find that mac and cheese or whatever it is, that, that Bloody Mary. And I found that cigar at that piano bar. Oh, shit. There it
1: is. (laughs) (laughs) There it fucking is. That's me
0: at the piano bar, freezing. That was totally you at Burning Man with
2: your braids. Here's me.
0: I had these wild hair. Yep. And then here's just... Oh, that's my cat. Oh, that's me. (laughs) Anyways, you get the gist. It was the... Like I said, during the mud, it's, it was a time of where desires that were planted early in the week actually did come through. And when you just surrendered to what was happening, you just went to that local dive bar down the street with your friends from camp. It
2: all worked out, you know. I definitely think the theme of this year was surrender for all three of
0: those. Oh, yeah. I lost my phone there.
2: I know. <laughs> then a family your, found it. You crashed your bike and legit broke your hip. I think you had I, a hairline
0: oh, I, fracture. I almost had a hairline fracture. Luckily, yeah. I didn't. But okay. I all they thought I did. I literally fell off my back. This all the shit went down at any Man. If you want the like nitty, sh-
2: yeah, gritty, raunchy beats, go You're over to, the to, turn to the Patreon for the play by play. But anyone still listening at this point, we've been all over the place in this episode and we appreciate you listening to our experience. We hope that this our intention of sharing this is to normalize moving through things and growing and. What it looks like to live a pleasure positive life. It's not about being perfect. It's about staying committed
1: mm-hmm.
2: and being willing to have the courage to keep going when it's uncomfortable. And Bernie Mae was definitely uncomfortable at times this so, year.
3: <laughs> and I just want to add sometimes the most stressful, the most difficult, the biggest challenges that come out of nowhere in life are often the greatest opportunities to let something go that you never have and find yourself in a new way
2: absolutely anything else you want to say to end us off sugar no thank you to camp crossroads for hosting us this year really just incredible people there love camp crossroads if you're ever at burning man make sure that you catch a crossroads live music experience it's the largest live music experience on the playa and not sure if we'll be going next year (laughs) maybe not we're going to get through the wedding and so grateful for my renaissance with you, Madison. And Aww. thank you to all of our listeners. If you're still listening at this point, you're a true fan.
0: <laughs> there you are. I love you so much. I love so, you. So grateful for both of you. Thank you for shepherding me on my second year at Burning Man. I could not have survived and thrived to the degree that I did without the two of you. Thank you for being my playa mommy and daddy, whether you liked it or not.
2: Ups and downs. (laughs) Mostly
1: ups.
2: (laughs) Yeah. All right. With that, Clodorati, thank you for listening to our behind the scenes Brainy Man episode. And we're going to see you next Tuesday.
1: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.